Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. On today's podcast, we welcome Pastor Brent Brooks from Reno, Nevada. Well, on the other side here of me is a friend, somebody I've known for for quite a while, and I'm just so thankful that we can be together albeit at a geographical distance, but uh, technology brought us together. Pastor Brent Brooks from Reno, Nevada. Welcome, Pastor Brent Brooks. Hey, Randy. It's great to be with you. We've uh, talked around the country a few times, but That's it's been a while. Sure. So. That's right. Let me, let me tell a little of your background. You are the senior pastor of Reno Christian Fellowship. Uh, you've been there for the last 15 years. You're also adjunct faculty at Nevada Christian College. You've lived primarily in Texas. You, you, you own Texas as your, your stomping ground, but you've also lived in other states, including, of course, where you are now, Nevada, but California, Virginia, Hawaii, Michigan, Maryland, and New Jersey. My goodness. Uh, I love your employment history, Brent. This is really good. You you started out as an amusement park trash collector. <laughs> That's yep. humility. Six flags over Texas. I love it. Sometime uh, when we get a chance, we got to talk. Because one summer, I came back from uh, six weeks in Europe, and the only job available was collecting trash in our neighborhood. So uh, that was right on the back of a garbage truck. So there, we have something in common there as well. But also what's kind of interesting is you also have been among other things, a civil trial attorney. Mm-hmm. You went to Southern Methodist University, University of Texas School of Law, and Dallas Theological Seminary. And you've done doctoral and postdoctoral study at Asbury and elsewhere. So that's kind of amazing. Um, so you've been at Reno Christian Fellowship for 15 years. And before that, you were in the Washington, Baltimore area for 22 years, where you planted three churches and coached in the planning of another eight. My goodness, you really, you don't sit around very much, do you, Brent? Amazing. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm 68, so I'm probably heading towards sitting no, around. No, no, you're just, just getting started. So anyhow, you've been in Reno. You've been the founder. And this is where our paths began to cross a few years ago when I was involved at One Cry more directly. But you started One Cry Reno, which has brought together over 100 ministries, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, evangelical, charismatic, and Pentecostal to pursue revival for your community. Uh, You've been married to Jill for 43 years and father of Abby, grandfather of three incredible grandchildren, Eli, Josiah, and Naomi. Well, that's awesome. So again, thanks for being with us. And again, our, our topic that we have been asking folks about deals with primarily, you know, what, what, what's going on in our country? You know, there, you know, you and I are of an age where, where we've seen trends here and there, you know, the sixties were rather tumultuous and so on, but uh, we're in a, an age that has really been challenging 
And uh, I guess the question is, what what are we what what are we as the church? How are we, how are we to respond? What what's God saying to us? What what's happening? G- give mm-hmm. us your sense, uh, Brent, if you would, just kind of a, an overall sense of where we are and 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 what needs to happen. I'll start with I'm neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, so I, I you know careful on that. What my um, experience expertise is really in the church. Uh, so for you know 30, 37 years of pastoring. Yes. Uh, so I, I think probably what I feel most confident address is, is what I see is happening in the church and what's going on. I mean the the political environment is. Um, fractious, uh, polarized uh, from both sides. And uh, I, I, I sit in a position where I, I am, uh, you know, a white evangelical, but heavily involved with the African-American church too. So you've got two, two ends of that spectrum to some extent uh, as far as which party they affiliate with and, and they identify with for different issues. So, um, you know, we're clearly there are, uh, you know, we're the current court. We were just talking about the court a minute ago. The current court has the potential to reverse some of what's happened on the abortion front Mm -hmm. uh, and and vote for life. And uh, certainly I'm in favor of that. I've served on the board of crisis pregnancy centers and so on. I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly there are various issues with the LGBTQ community and all that's going on with that. And then the the pushing on that. Um, But for myself, uh, you know, I, I, I think more in terms of what I can address. Sure. And, and what I can address is, is probably more the, the church rather than the general culture. And, uh, it, it, you know, we've gone through a, a fascinating time here with COVID. Uh, fascinating, frustrating. I, I could keep adding adjectives. Uh, you know, we're, um, my church is probably about 45% of the size we were before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I talked to, you know, I had some discussions last week with some people nationally, and they're saying, yeah, probably pretty much everywhere. It's about 40 to 60% of attendance. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, what, it, what is that saying to us? Uh, while we're at 45% of attendance, I think we're about at 80% of budget. Uh, our prior budget, we've revised our budget with prior budget. So it, it's interesting. Okay. Who did we lose and, and, and why? Uh, but I, I think it's making us, uh, hopefully we will rethink churches. We've done it, uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I think we moved to a commercialized model where, uh, basically what can you count? What counts matters? So can you, you know, how many people are coming, how many dollars are coming in, yep, yep. Uh, which, which is all basically a business framework. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I don't think they're unimportant. I, I think they have some value, but at the same time, mm. if we measure our church by counting nickels and noses, is that biblical? Is that, is that what the Bible talks about? Is that what's really important? Uh, and COVID has made us look at that and look at that hard, you know, because most pastors I know, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, we're evaluating ourselves by how many came in, Yep. 
Yep. How was the offering and so on? And 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 that's you know it's it's a commercial model sure. and um everything then become you know the we will build it and they will come the larger yep. the sanctuary and so on. Well, sure, sure. All, all of a sudden with COVID, large environments weren't that attractive anymore. Mm. Uh, and people say you know and. Is that what of this is going to produce permanent changes? Nobody can really say right now, but that that's an issue. Uh, another issue, you know, if you've watched, if we watch our news, not the world's news, but the church's news, uh, you know, basically there's been a corporatization of how we see things. We've adopted the CEO model of leadership. Uh, everything's you know, we want to be moving up and to the right. And all of a sudden we're finding our heroes are falling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, high volts, McDonald, I, I could run through the exactly. list. No, yeah. it, it, it keeps going. It keeps going. Yeah. Uh, but is there something about what we've adopted that creates, uh, puts power at the center? And uh, everything is focused on how many people you control, who's under you, mm -hmm. and, and so on. And, and it's, it's not a servant model. Right. And, and we're following, finding that the model itself, I think, helps produce failure. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it prioritizes the right thing. Uh, so that's at the area in which I see the, the, the church in this post-COVID environment, and certainly there's other factors out there, but I, but I think we're, we're going to have to reevaluate uh, and have serious reevaluation. Uh, and then I would say the, the politicization of the church mm. has not benefited us at all. Uh, well, you know, what do you I, mean by the politicization of the church? Okay. Well, and, 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 I, and as I said a minute ago, different sides uh, you know, different parts of the Christian oh, okay. community, sure. you yep. know, have, have taken different sides, but, right. but, but what we've done is it's become an adversarial situation. Mm. It's become, um, we're, we're attacking each other. We're all of a sudden, our priorities become determined by the politicians' priorities mm. and, and uh, their attitudes and how they do things. I mean, you know, basically, uh evangelical has become a bad word outside of the church. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and that's because we have become lumped in associated with a certain political view on one side, you know, the, the African-American side is more on the democratic party. Right. I've got, right. you know, dear friends, African-American pastor, you know, I say, how many people in your body are not voting democratic? And they say virtually nobody. Right. Uh, you know, and although the white evangelical side is, is Republican and yet on both sides, we get caught up in it because, yeah. you know, the African-Americans are going, you know, but, but we don't support their view on, on abortion. We don't support their view on LGBTQ, but you know, yeah. but they are, they do pay attention to some issues that are on our hearts as far as, as, as racial relations and racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get that, you know, on the other side, you know, we're, you know, uh, well, we, we can, we demonize the other side. They're all about, yeah. uh, certain, you know, they're, they're pro-choice, they're pro-LGBTQ and all of that. Right. Okay. But, you know, all right. But what about the uh, crassness of style 
of the politicians we're supporting? What about their moral character? Right. Uh, what, what about how they handle racial issues yeah. and, and uh, poverty issues and so on? Is that Christian? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I've been a long-term registered independent for what's worth, which <laughs> means I'm frustrated in every election. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I, I think the politicization has harmed us more than it's helped us. And we get lumped in with things. And so we lose, mm-hmm. we lose a voice. Okay. Because so Brent, you, don't you think that part of the problem is that we keep waiting for government to fix the problems of our country? And, you know, that's never going to happen. I mean, I, I, I really believe that, in fact, when I was at, an earlier job where we were trying to influence our state government dealing with family issues um, in an earlier job. Uh, it was actually a state senator who came to me as we were trying to change the divorce law, the no-fault divorce law. Um, he said, you know, public policy is a lagging indicator of culture. And I would take it a step further that culture is a lagging indicator of the health and effectiveness of the church in America. And, and we're to be the salt and the light. And, and when we start getting up there in the politics side and try to fix it with our very imperfect governmental side, it's never going to fix things. We, it makes me think of, of uh, William Wilberforce. He tried to eliminate the slave trade, remember? But he said, you know, the real problem with England is selfishness. People live, it's a heart issue. People living for me, me, me. And, uh, you know, the, the slave trade, as bad as it was, it, it, it paid a lot of bills in England. It, it put a lot of food on the plate. But when the Second Great Awakening happened and impacted the culture and hearts changed, he was able to get the votes in Parliament that he wanted to eliminate the slave trade. Uh, so I'm just wondering if, you know, what, what are you doing in Reno to help, you know, convert this, you know, political, you know, dissension and bring it down to, to we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we got to pray, we got to work together for the revival, the spiritual awakening that we so desperately need. Well, Randy, you're, you're, you know, you're right where my heart is on a lot mm-hmm. of this. I mean, I just, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you more that we've um, bought into the systems of the world, the commercial little corporate side. We've bought into the political side yes. and we've, we've lost voice and, and we've lost the focus, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, obviously there's some things to go back to. Will we go back to prayer? Right. We go back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Will we go back to relationships and all of which is, is crucial because as I look at historic revival, you know, things, when things changed, um, you know, uh, basically, Wilberforce also changed working conditions. He, yes. he got, he got, you know, small children out of the factories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, uh, you had a, a Florence Nightingale that came out of a revival, basically, okay, now we're affecting health uh, nursing started, we had schools start, we, we had all sorts of impact in, in what's happening. Uh, the, the church was a major force in moving toward the end of slavery, both with Wilberforce in England and the abolitionist movement in the U.S., 
which had good and bad sides, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, there wouldn't have been an end to slavery without this without the church. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't have been modern healthcare without the church. There wouldn't have been public schools without the church. There were there were all sorts, of, and all of those are products of revival, and it needs to happen. So what? How does that cash out? I mean, we were when you were here before, and of course pre-COVID and all of that. Yes, we were, we were using a, a a pretty large scale model. We were trying to gather. Mm-hmm. hundreds together and, yes. and so on. yeah those are fun fun days oh it was good days you know and, and i think some good things happened out of it and we worked hard uh had to work hard at building relationships among the all of the fragmentation within the church yes uh you know and in doing that it was interesting i i came out of that uh i'm trying to think were you were you here for the the large scale when we did at the university yeah, I don't think you were. I don't uh, think at the university, no. Yeah, we we you know, rented the uh, gymnasium at the at the at the university. We had about five thousand out a night, and so on. And it it, it was good, and it, it it built some spirit and so on. But I will tell you, I came out of that exhausted, absolutely sure, exhausted, sure. and uh-huh. and just kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? What do we what do we do with this? You know, and I and I, I you know, I, I came away saying we've been talking about unity. Maybe it's time to do unity. Mm. And and so from that, I, I kind of retreated to a smaller model, uh, which is I went and found some brothers that are uh, they are my best friends now. And, and they're Hispanic, they're Asian, African-American. You've met some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically we formed a thing with our church. Five churches got together and we formed a thing called KP5, Kingdom Partners 5. Okay. And said, okay, what if we really, instead of just throwing an event, if we worked at, at building relationships. So what we've been working on for the last four years, I'd say, um, we do a uh, a preaching rotation once a quarter. It's like everybody takes a step to the right, and so we're preaching in each other's churches. So our churches get to know each other once okay. a quarter. Uh-huh. We, once yep. once a quarter, we try to do a joint worship venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're moving toward. I mean, of course, COVID slowed us down. We're moving toward trying to do joint projects together. But what we're trying to do is is just a, a model of what does this look like? I mean, our, our world is politically polarized, it's racially polarized. Yes. What if some human beings actually, mm. based on their faith, decided we're going to actually get to know each other, yeah. become each other's friends, yeah. uh, spend time in each other's homes, That's build really relationships, yeah. and pray together. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think we're slowly seeing some stuff coming out of that, but it's, it's, it's intriguing. We've Everywhere we go, you know, every time we meet in a restaurant and we've done some traveling around the country too, I look in the room and I go, okay, is any table more diverse than ours? And the answer is no. Yeah. It's not, you know, but it's it's an intentional choice. So Hmm. I think for me that, you know, is, is where it's beginning to cash out because once we know each other, we can hear each other's stories. And we can begin to think, how do we work together? Because our our stories are very different. I mean, I've got one of them was born in the Philippines, came here as a teen. Mm-hmm. One of them was born in in Guatemala and um, smuggled across the border border under four boards of trucks. Wow! Uh, you know, he's now a very productive American citizen, you know, running a church and three businesses. 
uh, you know, uh, two African-American brothers and, and, and lily white me. Uh, but it, something happens when we're willing to come together around the Bible, when we're willing yes, to pray together yes. and when we're willing to build relationships. So I, to me, ultimately, I, th I think the, the, the fix starts smaller, but goes deeper. Yeah, that's good, Brent. You know, I've learned from you, you've, you've come up with this bullet list of how to, to, to uh, in, incline a, a community to have revival and a number of the points that you, you had on that sheet, and I refer to that fairly often, is, you know, they, that events cannot replace relationships. And to me, I've, I've parroted that particular phrase a lot. We, we actually had that in, the, in West Michigan here, where we had an event with 2,000 people. And they expected that, okay, once you get a group that size, it's just going to keep working. Uh, doesn't you've got to build those relationships and I, I i really love that and the other point you made is that uh, one of the other points is that unity is not the equivalent of uniformity nor union mm -hmm. and that's that's helpful we are different and it's okay we celebrate that difference and rather than say well you're you're in that group and therefore you have to think this way and no, we're individuals. We have a, let me just continue a little bit here, just what we've been doing for the last five or six years. I've got a relatively small, I mean, we're talking 10 people or less uh, group, but it's very diverse as well. We've been meeting weekly. Uh, mm -hmm. We have not only pastors, but ministry leaders. And we've got actually the mayor of our little town here. It's a suburb of Grand Rapids that comes there. We've been praying for each other. We've taken retreats together, but we are committed to each other. Now, we did go through a little bit of issue back, uh, oh, maybe eight months ago, when the culture just begins to scream, you know, if you're racially different, then you can't get along with others. And we tried to talk that through and well this is how i feel this is how i feel and we're all feeling as it, and it actually didn't help underneath it all has to be look we are brothers we have the same father god has adopted us into his family and therefore we are brothers and we will be brothers forever and we have a a, a commitment to each other that 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 is stronger than anything else and yes we have differences and sometimes i inadvertently step on your toes by saying something wrong that's offensive and you in love come back to me and say you know what i love you but when you say it this way it's 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 it doesn't help and so then we clear the air but that's actually been a blessing it sounds like the sort of thing that you've got uh even with even more diverse probably than what our group is very very similar but you know you, you gotta hear each other yep you gotta have a commitment to hearing yeah and then a commitment to you know or it's speaking out and no that i don't agree with that or that bothers me or let's yeah, let's yeah, talk sure. about it yeah, let's, yeah, sure. let's let's get it get it out on the table yep. but you know and and a commitment to you know, we, yeah, we don't all have to be the same. Yep, you know, yep, but, that's good. But I that's think good. there's been a tendency to think we we kind of put it all in a blender, we homogenize it, yeah. and color and color blindness is is where it's at. And and actually, we you know, as as one of my African American brothers, you know, said, if you don't see me as black, you don't see me. Uh, 
you know, you, you have to see me, yeah. you have to see where I come from. You have to, to do that. And, and we, we have chosen to try and celebrate the differences and talk through them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's similar in a marriage. I mean, male and female are different. I mean, I've been married to Marcia for now 52 years and mm-hmm. she is different from me and that's okay. It doesn't mean bad. No, you and, and, and knowing her, knowing her, Randy, she is your much better half. Well, totally, we know that, Brett. For, for sure, you got it. All right, let's 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 as, as we wind this thing down. You and I have have been involved, connected to one cry, which is a nationwide call for spiritual awakening, and that that's the heart of of what you've been attempting to do in in Reno with bringing together folks and that sort of. How close are we to actually seeing the church revived in America, leading ideally to a great another great awakening? Um, and you know what 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 steps need to take place? What is what do we need to do as a church before we're going to break into that? In your opinion, you know how, how close I we, I can't say I I would say I think what's going to be needed and what I've seen as a student of historic revival is a point at which the Holy Spirit breaks us and drives us to our knees. Mm, yeah. uh, you know we can't manufacture it, we can't plan mm. it, uh, but you know I I think there are things that are starting to do that. Uh, you know we're uh, for for better or worse we are seeing record numbers of pastors retiring or resigning it's it, we're at record levels it's never happened at this level before because this is just overwhelming they're tired of all the arguing they're tired of everything they just want out yeah and and out is not the answer that's right you know the answer is when we get to our knees and we go and we look up and go okay we have no answers but yeah you know, yeah. we have absolutely no answers but mm. you and, you know, uh, break us, do whatever it takes to get this past our pride, our hubris, our mm. self-focus so that we're we're seeking what you want. And, the, and you know, it, it may be that mm. the social climate, the pandemic and all of this eventually is what drives us to that point where we have no choice yeah yeah i mean when you look at china and uh, india and iran and afghanistan you know the church has been through persecution pressure pain growing in those nations whereas in america there's kind of been a decline and uh, it's almost like the lord like you're saying we need to go come to the end of who we are and be desperate enough just to say, Lord, help us. And, and I, I think, and, and then we, we kind of come to a fork in the road, it feels like to me. When, when you face persecution, pressure, opposition, you either choose to be all in and say, okay, I don't like it, don't particularly want it, but Jesus gave all for me. I want to give all to him and let's go. And when we get Christians, that kind of commitment so, I mean, maybe our, my growing sense is maybe the pain that we've experienced with this COVID and you know, the pushback from culture that uh, doesn't like evangelical, as you pointed out, doesn't like the church, doesn't like the Bible. They want to be free, quote unquote, to do whatever they want to do. Um, 
that maybe that is what is needed to drive us to the point of just being all in with the Lord. What do you, what do you think? I, I think so. My, my wife is, uh, Jill, you've met her. I mean, is having um, spinal surgery next week. She's uh. had a continuing COVID problem and so on. But it, it's interesting. She's, I watched her try this, try this, try this. And sure. now we got results. And she's like, I want surgery. I'm ready for it. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to okay, it. And, yes. and, and I, you know, I, I think for us to some extent, okay, you know, God, maybe we need mm. these painful things to get us to where we're yeah. done with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're done with all of our yeah. schemes and we just need you. Yeah. Yeah. We American Christians have just, it's, it's very easy to get very spoiled and think, well, we, you know, we deserve, peace and respect from the culture and and uh, you know the, all the little wonderful things that we have and um and god's you know jesus said you know if they hated me they're going to hate you this, this is not heaven um we are at war um but all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me he says in matthew 28 so go don't just stay huddling up in your little church trying to you know protect yourself Go make disciples, and I'll be with you to the end. But, and, and, you know, those guys, most of them didn't end up, you know, humanly speaking, in a real great place. They didn't die of old age. No. But it's okay. That's, that's our calling, don't you think? In this world, you will have tribulation. That's you it. know, we're, we're going to, uh, yeah. you know, if, 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 if the world is welcoming us with open arms, then we've probably lost that's profound that is profound and it's it's time that we just woke up to that fact and faced it not feeling you know not going to a pity party and oh i deserve no just okay god whatever it takes we we want to be in all in with you and i know i know you well enough brent that that's where your heart is and life and so I thank you for the example you provided for me and for many, many others along those lines. Well, thank you, Randy. You, you, you kept fighting the fight for quite a while here. And uh, yes. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what, what happens there in the Grand Rapids area. Well, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're talking to each other, loving each other and praying, but uh, we know that we, we need to, tighten the seat belt and say come on let's go come on together unity so i wonder if you'd close us in prayer brent and even pray for some of the things that we just talked about sure. and that the revival we've been praying for may it may it come please mm -hmm. close us father we don't have answers but you do mm -hmm. we uh have tried so many things if we just follow the way of the world if we just follow the politics we do all these things mm. that you know you're going to give us the answers father and ultimately that's not it uh we may have to get smaller before we get bigger we may have to get weaker before we get more powerful father but we just uh we invite we ask for we implore for a mighty move of your spirit that just drives us to our knees so that we might see all that happens come out of your power and your yes. power alone. Yes. And so, Father, we, we just, we keep seeking that. We keep asking for that. Mm -hmm. And we uh, pray this in Jesus' all-powerful, matchless name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brent. I'll be praying for your wife, surgery next week, and 
for your continued uh, ministry there in Reno. So thanks for being with us. Thank you, Randy. It's great to be with you. Take care, brother.